Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I am your host. Joining me this week is Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you, how are you doing? I am recovering from illness, so I'm going to sound uh, a little, might sound a little worse for the wear this week, but uh, actually finally starting to, to feel better. That's good. I'm glad you're, you're recovering, and I, we appreciate you being able to make the show today. Also joining us is Garrett Neely. Welcome, Garrett. How's it going? Doing pretty well. How's your week going, Luke? It's doing good. I'm getting very excited. I've been texting you guys nonstop because uh, I'm actually gearing up to to actually build a PC finally. I know I've talked yeah. about that on the show. I was able to go secure a graphics card today. I got my monitor, keyboard, mouse, so I'm acquiring bits and pieces here. So it's been a good week for that. I'm also just uh just recovered from being sick that's why there was no show last week and it was kind of a hectic week for all of us honestly so we decided to skip last week's episode take the week off and then um yeah we're we're back and we're we're right around the corner to next gen it's kind of crazy to think that for some reason today i thought this was like next week was the launch but then i was like oh yeah i guess we have to wait a couple if more only. weeks yeah <laughs> but it is it's only only two weeks yeah two That's weeks it. from today so very exciting we're gonna have lots to cover um you know after november 12th there we're gonna be talking about next gen we're gonna be talking about all the new games getting ready for game of the year discussion game awards it's yeah we got a, a some exciting stuff on the horizon for the show and stuff so yeah in today's show, we are going to talk about Nintendo's Direct Mini from earlier this week. Uh, we're also going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 getting yet another delay. And the new GPUs announced by AMD. Adam got the scoop on everything that they announced over there, so he's going to share some of that with, with everyone here today. So that is what today's episode will feature. But before we get to all that, we have a couple things we wanted to mention. If this is your first time listening to games are fun. Welcome. Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast. Each week, Adam, Garrett, and I join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and give reviews on recent game releases. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, maybe consider leaving us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And also, on whatever platform you're listening to, if you enjoy the show, hit that follow button or subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's show is brought to you by the Games Are Fun store, but we're going to talk about that later. For now, let's get into the first topic of the show, which is the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. So to, to start things off, I'm actually going to throw it over to you, Garrett, to kind of get the ball rolling on, on what we saw from Nintendo this week. Cool, yeah. So I'm going to read from IGN here a little bit. Um, you kind of just using their list, their write-up here. It's by Adam Bankhurst. Um, so really the main big thing uh, that came out of this was they announced the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo, uh, which is available now on the eShop. And it's uh, one of those cool demos that actually lets you transfer your progress to the, to the main game. So um, I actually got a chance to try it out, uh, play a little bit of it last night and a little bit more today. Um, probably get into that a little bit more later on in the show when we get into what we've been playing, so I can give a little bit of impressions on that. But um, 
yeah, this is kind of Nintendo's big fall game, um, along with Pikmin 3. I don't know <laughs> if that's actually come out yet. Um, I think it been seeing has. a lot of coverage on it. I think, I think it might it's have tomorrow. Well. Or tomorrow, yeah, because I was going to say it. I well, saw it on the Fantasy Critic for whoever Tomorrow, as of the recording of the show, anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So, yeah, those two are kind of their big ones this for the rest of the year, and so it'll be interesting to see how those both play out. I know Pikmin 3, you know, has been... Um, a beloved game that people have been wanting to come over from the Wii U. So that might surprise some people, I think, if, if people give it a chance. But um, yeah, Hyrule Warriors, another one that, that kind of started on the Wii U. And, you know, the first one got ported over and now we've got this um, sequel, but also a prequel to, to Breath of the Wild. So um, just getting a little bit more story about what happened, you know, in the past there. So that'll, that'll be cool. And like I said, I'll give a little bit more on that when we get to uh, what we've been playing. Um, the other stuff that they went over here, Bravely to uh, Bravely Default 2 was delayed to 2021. I think we kind of all saw that coming um, after the reception to the demo wasn't super hot from what I saw. Uh, did either of you guys get a chance to check it out? I played it, yeah. You did? How did you feel about it? I can't remember if you had mentioned that. Uh, I wasn't super fond about it. Um, I, I, I shouldn't yeah. say that. Like, it, it was fine. I think... I, I know they mentioned this in the direct is that one of the changes they're making is adding difficulty settings. Uh, mm. The difficulty was uh, was a little high in the demo. Uh, it took a right. little bit of grinding to to get to a spot where I felt comfortable to just kind of because I couldn't even really take to like venture far out from like the main city uh, mm -hmm. just because of how like just beat on i was i was i was getting mm. absolutely bodied <laughs> in that demo so i got a few levels got a little bit better gear uh got my my jobs situated a little bit more but it's it's like that it's it's basically like a classic uh final fantasy game you think the old right. school like final fantasy like the japanese final fantasy 3 or uh you know final fantasy 5 where you have the job class changes mm -hmm. and you know you kind of get more as you progress through it it's like that so it's it's very old school uh final fantasy if you're into those yeah yeah i played a little bit of the first one I actually like got super hyped for it and and bought like the collector's edition and then ended up playing maybe only like 10 or 15 hours of it and i enjoyed what i played and um i've yeah. always wanted to go back and actually finish that one or probably start over but um yeah, I hope they get this one on track. I think the delays, you know, as we're going to talk about, the, the delay is, is only going to be a good thing for the game uh, in the long run. It's not, you know, we can wait a couple months for this game, uh, especially with everything else that's that's coming out, you know, this, this uh, fall and this holiday season. So um, I think that's for the best with Bravely Default 2. Um, another thing they announced, a uh, couple things here that are really cool. Um, they are now streaming... Control, Ultimate Edition, and Hitman 3. Well, Hitman 3 in the future when that's released. Uh, but currently, Control Ultimate Edition, they're doing a cloud version of both of these games where uh, basically, if you don't know, they've done this in Japan before. I think it was with one of the Resident Evil games, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, Resident Evil 7. Yep. That's right. Um, where you could stream from a server, just you know, like xCloud or Stadia or anything like that. Uh, but it's just for one specific game. And so this is a way that Nintendo can get some of the more... Uh, you know, intensive graphically and, and uh, frame rate wise and that kind of stuff, uh, those kind of games onto the system and, um, you know, kind of keep up in a sense with, with Sony and, and Microsoft. Now, obviously it's streaming. It's not going to be uh, as on par as, as if you were playing on native hardware, but um, just 
the fact that they've announced something like this is pretty cool and it kind of opens up the, the possibilities for the future. So, um, I haven't had a chance to try out either of these. Did you guys get a chance or to, well, obviously again, Hitman is not out yet, but, uh, didn't get a chance to try control. Did I think Luke mentioned that you had tried it out? Is that right? Uh, no, I haven't tried it out yet, but, uh, there is like a demo for it on, yeah. on mm-hmm. the eShop. And I do plan on checking that out, uh, just to okay. kind of compare it to, cause I played on the one X, uh, earlier right. this year and I'm not expecting it to look that good and i'm sure adam even had a better experience because you you played it on your your new pc um Mm -hmm. and had all the ray tracing and all that and uh yeah it from the sounds of it it sounds like it runs pretty decently um but yeah that has to still has to be seen by me uh but i do want to give that a try maybe over the weekend here and i did actually get a a little bit of time to play the demo myself i'll okay be talking about that a little bit uh later on in the show though Oh, that's what it was. I think I got confused on who <laughs> tried it out. So sorry about that. But yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I hope that, um, you know, I think we all kind of assume there's a Switch Pro coming at some point, but I don't think we can assume that it will be anywhere near as powerful as like the Series X or the, the PS5. Like it'll probably be a step up, you know, from from where we're at with the Switch. But I mean, I don't know if we're going to be doing ray tracing or anything like that on a, on a handheld device at this point. So uh, to be able to, you know, bring some of these newer uh, games and newer, um, you know, kind of technologies to the Switch via the cloud is is pretty cool. And I hope that they, uh, if it works out well, you know, bring this to some other games. Like, I would love to see, like, Destiny on the Switch. I think that would be super cool mm-hmm. to be able to play that handheld and just, you know, do your, your daily grinding kind of stuff in that game. Or, you know, there's a lot of options that come with, with that. So, um, really cool that they finally are giving this a shot here in the U.S., so... Yeah. I was excited to it, see that. It would. I'm fascinated to to see once they, because, you know, even when we look at XCloud or Stadia, I mean, I haven't had, uh, I haven't got to experience Stadia, but, um, you know, people report from time to time certain issues with latency and, um, sure. you know, some rubber banding and and stuff. That's obviously going to come, but it, it's clear that like this technology of being able to stream games to devices, um, you know, running from a server somewhere else in the world is, I is definitely the future. We've been talking about it on on this show for a while, and <laughs> it'll be cool to see once that technology gets better and better, as you know, in the next couple of years, if uh, like who who in the the industry is going to play with that and i think nintendo would be smart to kind of continue this especially because the yeah the nintendo switch as of right now doesn't have the power and like you said garrett even if a switch pro comes out next year it's still not going to match what um current gaming pcs and the current gen consoles are, are going to be able to do but if it can just do a little bit better because mm-hmm. yeah like the ports are not an option right we've seen what uh Witcher 3 look like that was an earlier gen game mm-hmm. and then Outer Worlds was like I saw <laughs> gameplay for that and that looked horrendous so yeah uh I think it's clear that they they can't go that route it's doable but it's 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 not pretty so I think um you know even if it's sacrificing some things just to make the game look and run a little bit better than just having to to crunch things to to run it on the Switch I think that's a better better way to go and i i would love to see them do that with uh with more games and party or partner up with some other third-party developers yeah yeah 
that is hopefully where we're we're headed with that. So, um, all right, moving on to the next thing here. This is probably going to be a, an Adam topic here because I'm not sure Luke or I know too much about this nope. this series. Uh, no more heroes oh, three yeah. showed some new footage. <laughs> And also, No More Heroes 1 and 2 are now available on Switch. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, Adam, and let you have this one. <laughs> well, uh, I've been looking forward to No More Heroes 3 for quite some time. Uh, Travis Touchdown totally got the, uh, the the shaft when it came to Smash Brothers. He totally should have been a full character, but got <laughs> stuck as a uh, as a, a me costume. But um, yeah, No More Heroes 1 is one of my favorite games on the Wii. Um, if not like my favorite, it's, it's definitely up there. Um, it, it's just, it's so goofy. It's over the top. It's humorous. Uh, it's definitely an adult humor. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for, for children, but um, the gameplay is just fun. It does, it does use motion controls. I'm not sure um, if there's, an option to just playing like normal versus uh, motion and controls. I, I don't know about that. I, I have it downloaded. So, I just haven't played it yet. I was watching a review actually of it today and there is no motion controls. I don't believe. Um, well, you know what? I think I'm confusing that with something else. I may be speaking out of turn there. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's basically just kind of like a, kind of like a beat em up almost i almost want to say boss rush but it's it's not like um the goal is you you have at least for the first game there's an order of bosses that you need to defeat and there are sort of like uh smallish uh sort of dungeons i guess that you kind of go through and you beat on a bunch of enemies on the way there like it, it feels like I don't know. It's like you got a lightsaber from Star Wars mixed with like sort of like a Kill Bill kind of vibe to it. Um, it's just it's just loads of fun. Like I said, it's very over the top, uh, cinematic, and uh, just humorous. There's a there's a bunch of mini games you can do when you're not out doing like battles and stuff. There's a lot of collectibles and upgrades and stuff that you could get. Um, it's just it's a good time. I'm really looking forward to to playing it again. I never did. Uh, I don't know if I ever played the second one and if I did, it wasn't for very long. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to play that as well and kind of get through these games before the third one comes out and get all caught up. They, uh, they also had a sort of spinoff game. Um, when was that? Was that, that was last year, 2019, I think. Yeah, it was fairly so. recent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I played through a bit of that, but it was very different. Um, yeah, and not in a bad way by any means. It was it was a lot of fun, but I never got through the entire thing. Um, maybe I should maybe I should revisit that too while I'm at it. But um, yeah, really looking forward to this. I I know it got pushed back. I think it was supposed to come out this year, uh, the third one that is. But getting the first two, getting a chance to replay those is is you know definitely going to ease that that waiting time for sure. Nice. Yeah, this is a series I've always wanted to check out, so I might actually hop in there and, and try the first and second one out as well. Um, just for the record, I looked it up here. You, it, it does have motion controls, and but it does also have standard, uh, you know, controller controls as well. Nice. So uh, both options there, I was I was mistaken. Um, all right. Uh, well, yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's, you know, always good to get old games in a, in a, you know, 
more playable form, uh, you know, that's, that's more accessible to more people. Um, even if it's, you know, something that not a ton of people might play or, or, um, you know, something that people aren't super familiar with, this is just going to give these games in the series another, uh, another breath of life. And, uh, yeah, I think I might check those ones out as well. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, really the last huge one I think is the Immortals Phoenix Rising got a new trailer here ahead of the 2020, uh, December 2020 release date. Um, now I'm a little frustrated here with Immortals Phoenix Rising because today I sat down at my computer and I was prepared to just give the old Stadia a shot. Got my Xbox controller, got it all synced up. I plugged my HDMI into my computer. I was going to sit on the couch and just enjoy this and... I go to the website and I'm looking around and I'm like, where is this demo uh, for Immortals Phoenix Rising? And everything I click on sends me back to the page to buy it. And I'm like, what is going on? And so then I look up like the press release about the demo and it says that it ended as of today this, with, you know, when we're recording at 9 a.m. this morning. So I'm like, really a, a timed demo that's like a week long. That's that's kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand. You had your chance, Stadia, and you blew it. <laughs> I know. I was ready to give it a shot, but... Um, yeah, well, I guess I'll wait for the next demo, but, um, yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising, from what I've heard, uh, from just from other people talking, seems like it's getting, uh, you know, some pretty good impressions so far. Have you, neither y'all got to try it out. Is that right? No, no, but it's definitely on my radar as a game that like, it looks like a more cartoon version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which Mm -hmm. is, isn't uh, a bad thing. Um, I, I, the comparisons are, are fair. It looks a lot like a game that's already released, um, by Ubisoft as well. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I, 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 I'm looking, I'm probably going to pick this one up, maybe not at launch, but it's a game that looks like a, a fun time. And I'm actually, yeah, when I, saw that i totally forgot that this was coming to switch i thought this was just uh an xbox and pc and playstation thing but uh mm-hmm. it, it's like a per, it looks like a perfect stylized game for for nintendo and the kind of games they have so yeah, yeah. I, I might check it out um it'd be nice if we got that demo on other platforms at some point if you even if it's a timed thing i'll make sure to do it on time yeah even time, if it's but... like a week before launch right, right. last week in november there just to to get everyone get the hype built up again for it so yeah that would be nice and uh you know i don't think it's a bad thing necessarily that they're you know waiting till december because there's a lot of stuff coming out in the next few weeks so yeah it's Mm -hmm. uh, gives people a little bit of time to to breathe and then it's also before cyberpunk which we'll talk about here in a little (laughs) bit but uh you know might be a nice little game to to fit in there in the middle so uh, we'll just run through the rest of this really quick. Nothing else super major here. Uh, Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town comes to Switch in 2021. That is the series that used to be Harvest Moon. I don't know if you guys are up to speed on all that, but Harvest Moon like split off between two developers at one point, and what's actually Harvest Moon is now called Story of Seasons, and all the Harvest right. Moon games that come out are not yeah, actually so Harvest confusing. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. It's crazy. Uh, if you like those kind of games, you got a new one coming to Switch. So, um, next one is Part Time UFO. This is a game by Hal Laboratories, the people who make the Kirby series. And I think I've heard Jared Petty talk about this yes. game before. It yeah. was a mobile game, and uh, mm-hmm. now on Switch. So it looks pretty cool, kind of cute. Um, might yeah. be something I'll check out at some point as well. Um, Tropico Six announced for Switch November twenty twenty. I don't even know what Tropico is, to be completely honest with you guys. It's a game that I, you know, you hear about, and I've just never really looked into it at all. Do you, do you guys, are you familiar with that one at all? I think it's like a 
simulation building yeah. game type of thing. Like mm. I think along the lines of like Civ civilization games mixed with like right. Age of Empires mixed with like Sim City, City Skylines, like that gotcha. RTS elements maybe. I th- that's yeah. kind of what I gather from. But yeah, I don't okay. know much about the series. Yeah. Doesn't seem like my my kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody out there is excited for that. Um, all right, we've got Surviving the Aftermath, which looks like a uh, kind of a survival uh, post-apocalyptic kind of game coming spring 2021. Uh, Bakugan, Bakugan, I don't know how you say that, Champions of Vestroya uh, coming November 2020. And lastly, Grifflands, Nintendo Switch Edition, the deck-building roguelike game comes summer 2021 that one actually looked pretty cool i might check that mm-hmm. one out as well cool art style. Out. yeah really cool and i like the whole the card aspect and combining that with the roguelike seems seems kind of interesting so might check that out but uh yeah all in all um uh, you know M- nintendo direct mini not too much uh crazy news announced but just enough to uh make it worth your time and you know had the the demo drop um, and the uh, the announcement of the uh, the No More Heroes collection there as well. So uh, definitely some notable stuff that came out of this. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, Nintendo's had a weird year this year, which we've discussed previously mm-hmm. in in its lack of you know marketing for some of their games. Uh, you know, looking back at their year, they had a great start with you know Animal Crossing, and then. Um, the other to follow that it was just weird throwing out paper mario just out of left field <laughs> and then um right. the the new hyrule game being announced and then even the 3d all-stars collection like it's i don't obviously covid had a lot to do with that but yeah their their pattern on some of these things is always just has me scratching my head but i mean at the end of the day it's like you say adam it's it's more games that were announced and we love announcements yeah. here, so it's it's all good. It's good that they compile these because I probably wouldn't have known any of this unless they compiled it all together into a direct presentation. And yeah, they, although the there wasn't any AAA, you know, huge announcements from it, there was enough there to make it a pretty decent direct. Um, especially for if you're going to call it a mini, like there's a there's quite a few announcements out of it. So yeah, overall it was good, but it feels weird that we're just kind of had a a soft year for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. So they they did mention that this is the last uh, mini partner showcase of the year. Do you guys think we'll get any other uh, directs or announcements from Nintendo by the end of the year? Oh, man, it's hard to say. I would say probably not another direct, but maybe we get some stuff at Game Awards. Yeah, that, that's like they've that done sense. done stuff with Jeff before, right? With mm-hmm. uh, Bayonetta three and uh, what was it, the Breath of the Wild DLC, and mm-hmm. so the, Joker and Smash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they 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 have that track record of making announcements there, but I mean, it's also Nintendo. Like, we it could be like December first, and they're like, okay, here's a big Nintendo yeah. Direct, <laughs> and Metroid yeah. Prime Four is coming out in March 2021. It was Jeez. like. Probably Gosh, not. Don't but... tease me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Probably not going to happen. But I mean, yeah, Nintendo is just—they're that company that just kind of does what they want. So I don't think it'll happen. But if it happened, I wouldn't be that surprised. Right. Yeah, I think for me, I think we'll get uh, maybe a reveal of another Smash character by the mm. end of the year. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then maybe we can expect to see Nintendo come out with a direct maybe January of next mm, year start and kind of give off. us an idea of what 2021 is going to look like. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Garrett, for going through all of those. Yeah. Uh, our next story, one a story that I feel like I've talked about on this show multiple <laughs> times at this point. Um, it's just like, all I need to do is cut it. Just put my thoughts from the last two delays. But I mean, every, everyone's aware this was, went trending. Um, before I, I read what the, the press release that CD project red gave out, I wanted to mention my, how I came across this news. Cause yeah, it, it broke and I, for whatever reason, I just like, didn't I saw tweets talking about it the delay be, before I actually saw what game it was and so everyone was talking about a game being delayed but in their tweets there was no context like there was the game actually wasn't mentioned they were just talking about something I knew something big had been delayed so I'm like okay what's going on and I was like kind of worrying of please don't be cyberpunk like that's the only thing I really <laughs> think I'm like, but it went gold. Like, I don't think it could be that. And then sure enough, I came across the yellow screen that has been memed <laughs> several times. of like, <laughs> we have some news to share with everyone. So yeah, unfortunately we, we got that on uh, October 27th, cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account uh, tweeted out uh, this press release. So hey everyone, today we've decided to move the release date of cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date is December 10th. Most likely, there are many emotions and questions in your head. So first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it. That's Xbox One slash X, compatibility on Xbox Series S slash X, PS4 slash PS4 Pro, compatibility on PS5, PC, Stadia, dot, 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 while working from home. So since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make a difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying we achieved Gold Master some time ago. Passing certification, or going gold, means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all the content in it. But it doesn't mean we, uh, it, but it doesn't mean we stopped working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time where many improvements are being made, which we will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing game on our hands and we are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if it ultimately leads to you getting a video game that you will fall in love with. Uh, so that was the the press release. What were our, what was your initial thought for that? Uh, I'll turn it to you first, Adam. So let's, let's flash back to <laughs> March of this year, yeah. right? Uh, back when we were discussing the their very first delay of the year mm -hmm. um, all the way back then. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things people uh, people were angry and, you know, you had the the apologists that were just like, you know, uh, take as much time as you need. And 
And uh, I'm still in the same camp as I was back then. It's, you know, I feel both things. I feel the, the respect and understanding that they need the additional time. Uh, but I'm also upset to hear that it's been delayed. You know, I was really looking forward to, to getting my hands on it in just a couple weeks. And now it's, it's another month and, and some days out. So definitely feeling both emotions. But in the end, uh, as I tweeted out earlier this week, I'm all in on this game either way. So whether it's tomorrow, a couple weeks, a month, I'm, I'm going to get this game. Yeah, you? so uh, for me, I'm kind of in the same camp as Adam there. Um, I tweeted, you know, when this happened that, you know, I was kind of getting worried about the game uh, at this point because, you know, you keep missing deadlines, keep missing deadlines, keep missing deadlines. And, um, you know, someone that I follow, uh, he goes by Modern Vintage Gamer. He's got a YouTube channel. He, he's uh, a game developer, actually, as well. Uh, and he, you know, said this is a this is a management problem from the, at this point because you don't miss this many deadlines uh, just because the game is, you know, uh, you know, taken taken a little longer than you expected. Like this, you, you're you're intentionally at this point setting these deadlines that you're hoping you can hit, but are you being realistic with yourself, or are you just trying to appease, you know, stockholders or or you know CEOs or you know those you know the suits essentially and. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of my first take on it was just like, man, this is, you know, all these people are putting in all this hard work and, and you know, they're already having to crunch on this game uh, after they said they weren't going to, which, you know, is a whole nother ball of wax, but uh, this is this is only going to extend that crunch and um, it's just a shame that it seems like, you know, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the f initial trailer for this game said, coming out when it's ready. And so, like, I kind of wish they would have just stuck to that and quit giving us date after date after <laughs> yeah. date and just stuck to it's coming out when it's ready. And, you know, if they announce the release date two weeks before it comes out, people are going to buy it. They're going to know when that release date is. They're going to, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this game's been cooking for seven or eight years now. And so, <laughs> yeah. like, nobody, nobody's not, you know, going to pick up the game if they don't know when the release date is until two weeks before. Like, everyone's going to know when this is coming out. So... If they have to delay again, I hope they just say 2021 and leave it at that and, and we'll get the game when we get the game. Um, yeah. Now, my my other thing that I want to correct from from what I said on, on Twitter was that, um, you know, I said I was worried about the game at this point. And there's since been an investor's call or a, some sort of press call or something uh, where one of the heads at the studio said that basically the issue at this point is getting this game to run well on the current gen, but what we're about to know as last gen hardware, you know, the Xbox one X, uh, the, the PS4, that kind of stuff. So, um, that kind of made me feel a little bit better. I'm not so worried that the game's going to turn out bad at this point or anything like that, but, um, it just seems like, like what they said in the, in the tweet is true. Like this morphed into a next gen game and now they're having to kind of string along these, these older gen versions. And it's, it's, taken longer to get it to where it needs to be and that's totally understandable it's just unfortunate that the management of this project has kind of gotten so out of hand that you know we've had three delays in one year and every time it's like this is the last one we promise mm -hmm. and and then it just keeps happening so you know frustrating. i was gonna say if 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 you were that uh concerned about the game i was gonna say maybe you should just you know, drop it from your fantasy critics. And <laughs> yeah. I'll go well, and well, it let's up. not go. Let's, <laughs> let's not get crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, well, what happens if, 
it, the game comes out and it's bad. Like, can you imagine how, how like, I That's feel like possible. it's not possible, <laughs> but can you just imagine for a second? I, like, this I is like, imagine, unfortunately, like <laughs> I, I, I really had that thought in my head for the last couple of days until I heard that, you know, that new quote. Yeah. Like I was like, man, this could be, it could be bad. Yeah. I think they've been doing so many, you know, we, we kind of cheer on Xbox because of all the customer first moves that they're making. Well, CD Projekt Red is like their own company with this game. They're doing that exact same thing. They're doing so many things that are just going to make this game excellent for the people that buy it. And, and yeah, so it's taking some extra time to do it and, and all that, but, but they're really, you know, uh, doing what they can for, for the players and, and, uh, even going down to it, you know, there's been all this DMCA stuff that's been happening to streamers playing games to the mm-hmm. point that mm-hmm. they're turning off music in some of their yeah. like licensed music in some of these games they're playing. Watch Dogs Legion. I was watching one of them play. They just turned off all music because there's licensed tracks in there. They don't want to yeah. lose the ability Get to make money on, on these VODs and stuff. So um, one of the things that CD Project, CD Project Red has come out and said is that all the music in the game is made for the game none of it is outside licensed music mm-hmm. which means streamers can play with the music on you know uh so it's it's things like that it's it's the details it's the it's the little things that are just making a really good experience for anyone that's going to get their hands on the game and and i think there's it's going to be a smash for sure yeah I, I mean we've even seen that in the night city wires that they've done the last couple months here with uh, some of their presentations some they've gone into some of the systems with a little more detail than other times but regardless like it's it's clear that they're they put a lot of work into every little detail that this game has to offer so yeah i mean they they prove prove long ago like you go back i've been talking about this I, obviously the game was announced like what 2012 or something like that 2012, 2013. Um, yeah, yeah, something. I think it was like several years, 2017 until we finally got like our first real look at it or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, or 2018, whatever it was. But I, this is like something I've been, con- since I started the podcast a couple of years ago, like I've been continuously mm-hmm. talking about how excited I am for this game. So I've we've all waited lo- this long. Like it's only 21 days. It's not the end of the world. I do want to, like you were talking about a bit of, uh, crunch there Garrett and I did want to add one little thing to this um, uh, before we conclude the topic um, so the the head of C- CD Project Red actually came under fire for some comments mm. towards crunch um, yeah he made a comment that uh, where was it yeah he said this is the quote um, crunch is not that bad and never was because there was obviously Lots of talk, um, lots of uh, talk from Jason Schreier specifically. He did he had done multiple stories about the crunch at CD Projekt Red in regards to Cyberpunk, and uh, that's a story he's been following. So for him to come out with a comment like that um, with this last delay is probably not the right move. And uh, he since apologized and said, "I had not wanted to comment on crunch yet. I still did." and did it in a demeaning and harmful way. What I said was not even unfortunate. It was utterly bad. So he's owned up. He's apologized, which is important to do when you, you say something dumb like that. Um, yeah. So that's good. But on the, I, I also wanted to add, 
you know, there's reports of death threats, uh, threats of violence towards um, some of the staff. And people are dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. It's ridiculous. And, you know, a lot of these threats are just uh, keyboard warriors that are just clearly insecure about themselves, wanting to spread some hate to people that are, are literally making a product for your enjoyment it's it's utterly ridiculous yeah. but a product you're still gonna buy yeah exactly <laughs> like, um but ridiculous. at the end of the day like that's something that needs to be treated seriously right like these yeah. you never know how crazy you, people are crazy right like how how crazy will people get over something like this so yeah it's it's unfortunate it sucks that the people that working on the game now have to are going to be into december and i'm sure there were some that were hoping to be taking their holidays by then um, but you know, even when they, if the game launched on November 17th, they're still working right after launch, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. going to be putting out updates for several weeks after launch. It doesn't end like they said. So, um, it's just kind of, you know, it's going to be tough for them, but it has been tough. So yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to finally <laughs> being able to play this game. And if it does mean that, you know, are the next gen upgrades for PS5 and Series X and everything are, are hashed out and they're more comfortable with launching those like that's a good thing right cuz there was you know a lot of confusion around next gen versions and backwards compatibility compatibility of playing you know the PS4 version on PS5 and then when's the upgrade coming and so hopefully that all gets uh gives them some time to work on it but yeah, time will tell. So, and it it'll be a good way to end off the year, right? Like we'll be mm-hmm. a lot of us will be going into uh, you know, holidays there and and probably have some time off work uh, naturally. So, it will give us some time to play a game that's definitely going to be hundreds of hours long, so for sure. All right. So, moving on to our last topic of the show, uh AMD coming out uh, taking on NVIDIA with their announcement of the the 6000 series GPUs. So, Adam, you're the, the expert when it comes to a lot of this stuff, or at least better than, than I am when it comes to PC talk. So I'm going to head it over to hand it over to you now. And uh, yeah, what give us the, the rundown of everything that AMD announced. Sure. Yeah, so uh, PC nerds like myself, uh, we have some new options coming our way to upgrade our TurboTax machine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so N- N- NVIDIA just uh, you know a couple months ago, September I believe it was, announced their their new lineup of cards, the three thousand mm-hmm. series uh, Ampere technology. Um, it, you know their new series of ray tracing cards were on the way and. And they just, that the launch was an absolute dumpster fire. The cards are great, but you can't get them. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the stock is, is so ridiculous. Like it, it, it just trickles in too. And it's just getting soaked up by all the bots out there that only a handful of people that actually want to buy it for themselves are getting their hands on it. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, so uh, AMD has been working on their, uh, Radeon 6000 series for, for a little while now. Finally got it around to announcing it uh, just this past Wednesday. And what we came up with is, I have an article here I'm kind of looking off of from Polygon. 
um, that I'm just going to kind of reference a little bit, not going to read too much, but it is by uh, Austin Goslin and uh, Samit Sarkar. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, so we're going to pull a little bit of information on that, but um, <clears throat> just going to kind of go over some basic details. So um, first off, it's it's important to know that, you know, their, their competition, AMD's competition, NVIDIA, again, just released their cards. The, the 3080 and the 3090 were sort of the, the big flagship ones. Um, and then they just launched the 3070 uh, today mm-hmm. as of this recording. It came out, launched this morning, which is... Um, a little bit lower end, but still in its own right, a great card. Uh, so <clears throat> AMD sort of had their response to this. And so to kind of take on the 3070 and the 3080, they had the 6800 and the 6800 XT. So in their presentation, they didn't really show a whole lot, whereas with uh NVIDIA, when they did their presentation, they showed some technical demos, things like that, to really, uh, mostly to show off ray tracing um, and how the new ray tracing technology in those cards operates. We didn't really get any of that from uh, AMD. It was more so about just how their cards compare to NVIDIA's cards. And so it leaves a little bit to be seen. We're going to have to get a little bit more information on the benchmarks, but based on the information they showed, we're looking at some really good competitive options here. So uh, the uh, 68, so just kind of read a little bit here. Um, Let's see, so they were comparing the 6800 to the uh, RTX 2080 Ti. So it's the last generation, sort of one of the higher end Mm -hmm. cards from NVIDIA. And then the 6800 XT is their competition for the 3080. So um, so the RX 6800 matches the 16 uh, gigabyte of GDDR6 RAM of the RX 6800 XT. It has a slightly slower clock speed. In AMD's graphics comparisons, the RX 6800 was able to beat or match the 2080 Ti in a number of games and at a $579 price tag. So it's it's way cheaper than the 2080 Ti, but it is a little bit more expensive than the 3070. So it's something to consider, but it is also a little bit more powerful than the 3070. Um, so also something else to consider there. Or at least that's what they showed in their, uh, their sort of comparisons that they came up with. So um, However, NVIDIA's new RTX 3070, which launches October 29th, has fairly similar performance of the RTX 2080 Ti and likely the RX 6800, while it's priced at only $499. So kind of like I just uh, mentioned there. So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of power to to price to kind of compare. In the end, it's it's $50 difference between the two. The 2080 Ti uh, most recently was going for about $1,000. I think it's maybe down to like 700-ish at this point. So it's still going to be considerably cheaper to get either the 3070, if you can get your hands on it, or the RX 6800. Uh, then going on, uh, the stream's big finale was a bit of a surprise as AMD announced its own high-end GPU, the Radeon RX 6900 XT. This card is positioned against NVIDIA's RTX 3090 and will be the top of the RX 6000 line. 
The RX 6900 XT once again comes with 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM and comes in at a far lower price than NVIDIA's $1,500 RTX 3090. The Radeon, Radeon RX 6900 XT will be available December 8th. So <clears throat> that's the big one. That's mm-hmm. that's sort of the big fish here. So the in the, the comparisons that they showed, the 6900 XT was performing about as well as 3090 at $500 less, which wow. is pretty insane. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat to that in that those tests that they ran used what's what they call rage mode, which I guess is some sort of uh, overclocking option mm-hmm. and uh, smart access memory, which you can only use if you have AMD motherboard, CPU and GPU. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is some sort of caveats there. But I think in the end, um, from what from what I was kind of reading and, and hearing online is that without those features, there maybe be uh, like a six to ten percent difference in power between the 3090 and the 6900 XT, which is well worth the five hundred dollars less that you're paying for the AMD. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so again, there still needs to be some benchmarks. It sounds like the ray tracing uh, cores that are in the uh, in the AMD cards might not be as capable as the one in Nvidia. So if ray tracing is a big deal, you might still want to look at an Nvidia card. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll find that out a little bit more as we get closer to launch. The 6800 and the 6800 XT are coming out November 18th. And then, like I said, the 6900 XT, uh, will be December 8th. So those are coming up soon. It'll be interesting to see if NVIDIA somehow magically has more stock before that to try and get, uh, you know, their cards in, in the hands of people before AMD. There's been some speculation that they're creating, uh, some false, uh some false uh stock issues that are creating mm. some false demand for their product and it's like just just give us your cards guys <laughs> cuz i mean at this point like if you can't get your hands on one of those and amd has plenty to go around get that amd mm-hmm, uh, right cuz the 6800 xt is going to be priced $50 lower than the 3080 and then the 6800 like i mentioned is a little bit more expensive than the 37 but also a little bit more powerful so um you know the the bang for your buck that you get out of amd is is uh pretty incredible and it is going to have it it does have ray tracing uh they're gonna have oh i can't remember what it's called i don't know if it's in know if it's in this article anywhere here but there is uh dlss which is um nvidia's kind of AI super sampling that they have that basically can uh, kind of take a lower resolution and kind of upscale it into a higher resolution that somehow looks better than if you were playing that resolution natively. And so it's it's pretty incredible that you can, it's just a great way to, to utilize ray tracing and still get high resolution gaming and you know, with a phenomenal picture. So there is going to be a similar feature with AMD, although I don't know that it's going to be ready at launch. So it might be something that people have to wait a little bit for. They might have to uh, maybe compromise a little bit between ray tracing and graphical fidelity until they get that sorted out. But uh, in the end, again, you know, price for performance, it's, it's going to be solid. And if that's, you know, if they're able to get, 
you know, enough product out there for the people that want it, then, you know, they're going to, they're going to eat into uh, NVIDIA's lunch a little bit, which probably isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I think putting some heat on NVIDIA is, is, is really good. And I'm glad to see it because like, obviously they, they, but like, the competition's always good for that, right? Um, it's it's good for consumers, at least. <laughs> Maybe not so much the, the companies. But, um, yeah, like, it's given me a lot to think about because, um, obviously, I'm in the midst of... I've been looking at GPUs, like, every day for the last, like, couple <laughs> weeks now. And... Uh, it's an exciting time to be a buyer. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, right? Get one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's the only hurdle it's, I, I wanted to add something I was talking to you guys about today. Um, cause just we're on the topic and talking about the, you know, the gong show with NVIDIA's new cards pretty much being like sold out everywhere or no one's really able to get them. Um, I think there's been a lot of people that when those were announced, they're like, Oh, great. Or they, they were saving up for even before they were announced, getting ready to, to make the upgrade uh, for some of their, their older GPUs. And when they realized that they could not get their hands on them and they wanted to, to upgrade, at least here, I don't know what the situation was with retailers in the US, but here in Canada, like even last week, I was looking through lots of retailers, Memory Express, uh, Best Buy, Newegg, all, there was lots of options available, but um, with with each passing day, I noticed like the stock levels on a lot. I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're clearing them out, you know, because new cards are coming. That makes sense. But literally all of a sudden, like they were just like being sold out uh, 2080s, 2070s, supers, um, lots of 2060 supers were being sold out at a lot of retailers. And they're all saying, you know, while quantities last, so it's not like they're you know, there's new cards on the way. So why would they, um, restock on these right now? And mm. it, it was, uh, it was, I was starting to panic. Cause it's like, well, I like, I my MacBook is on its last legs here. I need to get the ball rolling on uh, the PC build. And, um, yeah, I, I had to settle on a 2060 super. I wanted a, a 2070 super. I couldn't get that. It was in stock yesterday and now it was out of stock on like every website I could check. And yeah, I saw a lot of people leaving reviews, um, uh, beginning of October and stuff and like saying like, I wanted to get a 3080, but that's next to impossible or 3070 or whatever. Like they couldn't get the pre-orders landed. And so they, they sufficed with the current, uh, cards that are out there right now. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm hoping that once AMD launches these new cards, they, and you know, some of the influencers get, get their hands on these and they can do those bench tests and show us that could, that could be really good. And, um, you know, it might drive people to, to, to go over to AMD. Um, cause NVIDIA has obviously been the, the preferred choice, at least with everyone I've talked to who, who games on PC. Right. So it's been an interesting year too. this, uh, you know, if, if you were to try and buy, computer components before lockdown and, Good and point. everything started you would have been able you mm -hmm. had your pick of whatever you wanted and then as soon as that hit pc parts became ridiculously <laughs> yeah. hard to find motherboards graphics cards um pretty much you name it i think ram was still pretty easy to get 
hard drives were still pretty easy to get, but there were some major components that were just not easy to find. And it seemed like finally things were starting to kind of get back to normal. I, even whenever I built my computer back in, I think it was May at this point, um, I had a hard time getting stuff then, but you know, things started to level out, get back to normal. And then it's like, bam, like, you know, Nvidia launches their, their, uh, 3000 series and you know all of a sudden everything's back to where it was and then amd announces and you know you're having these launches and and they're getting they're being sold out in minutes Mm -hmm. like in in the case of the 3070 i mean i don't think that could have lasted any more than like two minutes um yeah it sounded like it was more difficult than you know ps5 or xbox series x pre-orders by a long shot totally yeah hundred percent. I mean, I, w- I was able to get a, a PS5 pre-order. I haven't been able to get a 3080 yet. And yeah. I've been trying. I've been keeping mm-hmm. my eyes open. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see the emergence, you know, since since lockdown, the, the emergence of PC, you know, sort of enthusiasts or PC gamers. Um, how do you, how do you guys feel about PC gaming versus console gaming now that, that things are starting to shift a little bit? Well, for myself, I've always kind of seen like the the last real PC I owned was in like 2007 or 2008. And it was not really even a PC. It was just a World of Warcraft machine. That was kind of <laughs> and then eventually I got out of Warcraft, which was probably a good thing, and I just never went back to to PC gaming cuz it was always like it seemed to me it was expensive and then people would recommend it was like, "Oh, well, yeah, like don't buy a pre-built PC you like you got to build your own it's like well I don't know how to do that and I looked at resources online and I think like within the last you know a uh, couple years here um, th- I think there's been a lot more resources and people have kind of understood that hey this isn't actually as difficult as it kind of sounds you know I mean even if you know nothing about GPUs or CPU whatever and you're hearing you Adam read off all these letters and numbers like it does it gets, it's very confusing and it, like they're just they're meaningless right unless you kind of understand what these things mean and so once I actually kind of put a solid effort into it um you know I I was like hey this is something that I could do I I always wanted to have uh be a PC gamer um because you know you can pretty much play anything on there besides the select exclusives to certain consoles but um it just yeah it seemed like a a goal that was too far out of reach and i think yeah the word's getting out pc builder um you know there's a lot of resources out there now that make it so easy where you can just pick parts and it will tell you for like what's compatible what's not um lots of price comparisons giving you so many resources of where you can get these parts there's guides on how to put them together and even that isn't that difficult so yeah like if you asked 10 years ago someone who built their pc it's like oh that's pretty impressive but uh nowadays it's like everyone who plays on a pc built their their pc likely so mm-hmm. yeah i'm, I'm a sim- in a similar boat as you uh luke i i you know back in high school i played like a little bit of World of Warcraft. Mostly what I played on PC was um, Star Wars Galaxies, which was their MMO back in the day. And uh, this was just like my parents' desktop AOL machine. You know what I mean? Like this, we got online and checked email with it. So, I mean, it was 
horrendous. It was horrible. And I, I always wanted to get a gaming PC. And then uh, when I graduated high school, my dad was like, pick whatever computer you want. You know, you're going to college. I want you to have whatever, uh, you know, whatever you want that's going to get the job done. You can have some fun with it too. And silly me, I hadn't realized like you have Luke that, uh, the pre-built were a waste of time and money. And, uh, <laughs> my poor dad spent $3,000 on an Alienware laptop for me that bit the dust in about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about six months after the warranty was up, of course. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> they wanted like a thousand dollars to fix the thing. So I'm like, Oh, that's <sighs> no not happening. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah. Um, ever since then I ended up, um, just with a couple random laptops. And then I got into the, uh, the iMac that I previously had. And I, that was my computer for the last 10 years. I mean, I basically, I had windows on there. I could play some older games on there, um, from time to time, which I did occasionally, but, um, yeah, I recently sold that. I've got a laptop now that can play a lot more than what that did. And, um, I've been wanting to build a PC for the last several years, but it's just always been like a something else is coming out. Like mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. it was Switch, and then I was like, well, now I want to get a PS4 too because there's some games coming out for that. And then, oh, now we got this, the Xbox One X. I want to upgrade my my Xbox One to that. And so there's always just been something else that I needed to to do first. And this time it was I just need a working computer because my like Luke said his MacBook's on his last leg. My iMac mm-hmm. was kind of on its last leg, and um, so. One of these days, I'm going to build a PC. Probably, definitely not this year, uh, but probably maybe next year. Start start putting the, the plans together to do that. And um, there's just so many games now that are only on PC and that are you know yeah. unique experiences that you can't get on a console. And I'm always going to be a console gamer at heart. I feel, but mm-hmm. um, uh, there's definitely some experiences that I'm missing out on not having a, a higher end PC and. You know, for me, I, I went to school for like audio engineering and video and that kind of stuff. So you need a powerful PC for a lot of that stuff as well. And I, so it's it's a, a dual purpose for me because I could get into some more of my uh, music production stuff with, with a, a higher end PC than what I have now. So that would be a, a really cool investment. And it's just not not happening right now with with the next gen consoles for me. Yeah, I will say it's it's interesting how, you know, the, the evolution of PC gaming has, has gone because like you guys said, like, as a kid, I, I knew PCs as just a few things. It was either an MMO machine or it was a, a Doom machine or, um, gosh, what's uh, or strategy game machine, you mm-hmm. know, like Age of Empires, Starcraft, yeah. all that stuff. SimCity, like, yep. you know, those sort of simulation and strategies, like those were it. And, and those games didn't really appeal to me, so I never really was a PC gamer, I always gravitated towards the console games, but now we see, you know, consoles, not just being gaming machines, but just like general, like all purpose entertainment boxes and, and everything. And and now it's like, you know, I, I sit here with my computer, I have my two monitors and, you know, I could be playing a game on one screen with, you know, super high graphics, ray tracing, whatever, and, and be watching, TV on the other screen, or, you know, if I get stuck in it in something and I need to pull up a YouTube video, I can, you know, watch right there. So it's like all these things they're building into, you know, consoles. It's like, well, you can already do this on a PC. And, and I know that's for PC enthusiasts and gamers, that's been the mentality for such a long time. And I'm just now kind of seeing it and, and sort of gravitating away from consoles a little bit more that when there's, you know, a a, a non-exclusive game i i typically am now playing that on pc just for um 
not only like the graphics but just you know you can do pcs are more than just gaming like mm-hmm. so like yeah it's going to cost more than a console is but when you can do like everything on there it's it's mm-hmm. just it's it's so convenient the only you know thing that it doesn't really have and and you know i'm i know there's you know workarounds for this is uh sort of that sort of play anywhere you know vibe mm-hmm. where xbox has x cloud and the switch is just you know it's it's a portable console and um you know even playstation now with remote play like there's all these options and i, I know there's things you can do with pc and it's it's something that i'll probably never you know delve into i i don't have but i don't have any problem really sitting in front of my pc and and getting my game on because mm-hmm. that's where i'm gonna get the the best experience is is on that mm-hmm. so yeah it's cool yeah you you can definitely expect a, a little more conversation around it uh around pcs especially when i get mine built because yeah it, it was funny having well because when you first came on the show adam um you had a PC obviously, but not the PC you have today. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed a shift right when you had built that. Mm-hmm. It was like every new game was coming. I mean, which I don't blame you. Right. Cause it's, there's the accessibility of it. There's also like that comfort of knowing that you can just like, there's a lot more deals out there, right? There's so many different yeah. oh, reta- yeah. online retailers where you can buy keys for these games. Uh, there's so many launchers now steam, maybe too many, but you know, there's, there's a lot, <laughs> A lot of, uh, you know, I always was jealous of my friends. It's like, oh, yeah, the, this game is $2 on Steam. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. great. It's still $40 on <laughs> Xbox yeah. or, or whatever. It's, it's 20, 25 bucks on Switch, but it's yeah. $3 on Steam. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. not to mention all the, the bundles you can get. Humble Bundle. Yeah. Um, we saw that big uh, bundle with, like, the 1,000-plus games to support Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter earlier this year. Like, there's just like, it, and not only that, you can play all these games, but it's a computer, right? You can do other stuff on it that isn't just gaming. And so it's yeah. sur- it justifies the, the cost that you put into it. Because sure, I bought a graphics card today that was m- essentially pretty much the same price I dished out on uh, my PS5 pre-order. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's just, this is just one part of my computer. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, this PC can lead to other things. It's going to hopefully lead to better, um, not necessarily better, but just more production to our podcast, to having more capabilities of streaming things. And, you know, it's all stuff that I think is a, a worthy investment. So, um, yeah, it's cool to see that people are starting to, to get on board with that and, uh, you know, and work working from home has definitely been a big component of that you look at the kind of funny crew right mm-hmm. greg miller is still anti <laughs> pc <laughs> um which i don't blame him for his complaints are are realistic for the most part um but yeah all the guys talking about uh nzxt and being able to get some pc builds and um yeah that's really cool i think they're they're pcs are now popping up more into the the console player that has been a console player for the last several years so and to go back on one of your points luke about certain games that only come out on pc and one of my favorites of the year phasmophobia like you can't (laughs) you can't play that on a on a playstation xbox which is a shame yeah it would be you know i'm sure down the road now that the game has hit you know the popularity that it has i'm sure it's it's in the works to get it on other other platforms but you know once 
you get your PC up and running, we'll we'll finally get to, be yeah. able to play that together. And so yeah, there's there's sort of you know there are PC exclusives out there, and mm. there's some really great ones. As a big horror fan, and specifically indie horror, I'm really excited that I got, for the last several years I've like I have a Steam account and. I've just been adding so many games to my wish list of games I've missed out uh, for like in the last decade, right? So, yeah, I'm so excited because the this this generation of consoles we've definitely uh, seen more indie games on on the consoles, especially like you look at Switch, like that is an indie machine for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited because almost. Like every game that is an indie game usually comes to PC and is ported later kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I have games that I backed on Kickstarter that I have Steam keys for that uh, I'm still waiting on like console releases that, uh, you know, they promised and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. So sure we'll be talking about that lots in the coming weeks um so yeah all right well that concludes all our major topics for this episode uh before we talk about what games we've been playing i wanted to remind you guys that games are fun has its very own merch we have a collection of apparel and accessories over on gamesarefunpodcast.com you can also hit up the link in this show's description it'll take you right over to our store uh, like I said, we got a collection of t-shirts, we have some stickers, we have a mug on there. Anything you purchase from that store helps support this podcast financially. We do this all on our own time and on our own dime. So anything that we can make from these sales is going to be put back into the show um, so we can produce bigger and better quality content for you guys. And yeah, we uh, released some new t-shirts at the beginning of this month, at the beginning of October, our spaced out alien tee. Uh, we have a long sleeve up there and a gra- graffiti logo tee in black. So go check those out. I did want to mention something that came up yesterday. I finally got my, it takes a little longer for me to get my merch in because it's all printed in the US and it has to go through customs and everything like that. So I finally got my spaced out alien tee, which was designed by my friend Andrew Bardecki. And uh, I was a little disappointed because the colors did not print out how they should have been. Um, So I did tweet out something yesterday. So if anyone's purchased that tee and kind of been like, what the heck, this doesn't look like the design for the shirt that I ordered. um, Notice that just know that that's something, Adam, you said you got your shirt as well and noticed that as well. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know what that why that is we i sent an email to uh their support team i haven't heard back from them yet i don't know if it was an issue with um the the colors um i don't you know maybe it's a a situation of the inks can't can't color that right or there was something an issue with something um it, it may it's entirely possible it is what it is and that's just how the shirts are going to look and you know i i would Hope that that's not the case, but I am looking into it. And don't get me wrong, like it's still the design is still there. It just looks the colors look a little more washed out and a little a little lighter and a little more white than they should. They're not as bright and vibrant as we had planned. And you know, my friend Andrew spent like several weeks working on this design, and I 
I want the product to reflect all that work that he put into it. So just know that we are looking into it. If you've gotten your shirt, I know I've seen some people order that one. So um, yeah, just know that I am looking into that and we'll hopefully get an update on that soon. So I think um, they just forgot to turn the HDR on. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's like, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad until I like pulled up the side-by-side comparison of the two and I was like, oh my gosh, like... <laughs> He's like, the one alien is supposed to be like dark purple and he's like lilac or something. So yeah. Lavender. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So please head over to games are fun podcast.com to check out our merch sales. I mean, Christmas is coming up. So if you want to get, get someone uh, a Christmas present, that's a good place to start. The shirts are, are, are good quality. Um, I do recommend though, if you do get shirts, I've, seem to be the only person that have encountered this, but, um, I had some of my prints actually, the quality of them wasn't great. So if you ever encounter any problems with any of the products you order from that store, everything's kind of handled by Teespring. They manufacture and ship the orders. We just kind of build the store and put up the products and they handle everything else. So if you have an issue, please contact their support page and they, they do have a satisfaction guaranteed. So, you know, I've, had some issues uh, with some of my orders. I actually have one order that just didn't show up and they were like, no problem. And they sent me a new one right away and it, it got there in a couple of weeks. So um, they're really good, their support team. So just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because I know people are dishing out their hard-earned, men- <laughs> hard-earned money to support us and I just want to be as transparent as possible with that stuff. So, all right, let's get into what games we have been playing. So... Where should we start? Does anyone want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go. Sure. Take it away. All right. Um, I'm going to start with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo because that's the most recent thing I played. Um, So, uh, like we mentioned earlier, this came out yesterday. I think it was yesterday with the the direct mini partner showcase. Um, So... Yeah, I've never played one of these style of games before, the Musou games. I've seen gameplay of them. Uh, I kind of thought I knew what the gist of them was. I think it's a little different than what I expected, though. So um, if anyone is in the same boat as me, I'll give you a little explanation how these work. So basically, you are run out into a big field or a big open area where there's a bunch of enemies, like hundreds of enemies. And basically, the goal is just mow down these enemies. Um, So... uh, I thought there was a little more substance to the game than that. And there is, there's, you know, there's, there's like kind of RPG elements and multiple characters and stuff like that. But the actual gameplay of it, while it's fun, it's very, very, very repetitive. Um, You know, they build in little things like uh, escort princess Zelda over to this section of the map and don't let her, you know, get below a certain amount of damage. But in doing that, all you're really doing is running out ahead of her and killing all the enemies. Um, You know, there's like, go conquer this outpost. Well, when you get to the outpost, there's a ton of enemies and you have to kill like a, a bigger, badder enemy that's, uh, you know, a little bit more um, difficult to take down. Um, so there's a little bit of variation in, you know, the enemy types and there's, you know, like a, a, a boss version of kind of every enemy that I've come through, uh, come across so far. So um, it's definitely fun. Um, it's a game that I was considering picking up and I think, unfortunately for Nintendo, their their demo might have turned me off on it because I just don't see it as something that would keep my attention for very long um, just because it is so repetitive. 
Um, now I'm going to play through the end of the demo, I think, and just, you know, really see what else it has to offer because from everyone that I've, that I've seen talking about it, they say the demo is pretty meaty, uh, quite a bit of content in there. And I've only played like a mission and a half or something. Like I didn't even finish the second mission I was, uh, playing earlier today. So, um, there might be some more in there that I'm not seeing yet. Um, but, uh, from what I played it, it's, Again, very fun. Uh, basically, you 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 know you've got a strong attack, a weak attack, some special abilities depending on each character, um, and um, you know other than that, it's just kind of your basic like brawler kind of game where you're just beating up these these enemies. And um, yeah, I don't know if if um, you guys have ever played one of these kind of games before, um, but to me, it just seems a little bit shallow um, if if you're not like super into the combat of just mowing through enemies so um for me probably not something i'm going to pick up maybe if there's a sale or if uh you know a, and a game fly a lot of the times will like clearance out their old uh you know rental games and, and sometimes that's where you can actually get a pretty good deal on a on a nintendo game so uh, might be something that i kind of wait on because i just don't just don't think it's something that i would put a ton of of uh time into after the first you know 10 or 12 hours so I played the original um, when it came out on Wii U and, and had a pretty mm-hmm. good time with it. And I know I've said before to you guys, but uh, my wife, Kelly, she is not into games at all. <laughs> but she loved the first one. Really? So, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she liked it a lot. Like when uh, the first trailer came out for Age of Calamity, she's like... We're getting that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because nice. at first I was like, you know what? I had fun with the first one, but I don't know that I'm going to pick this one up. But she pretty much has already made the decision. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, be, we'll be playing that one. The only other games that I've, I've really gotten her into were the, uh, the Overcooked games. And mm. she did get into Animal Crossing for, for a bit too. Um, so there's, you know, there's a couple in there. But yeah, she really liked uh, Hyrule Warriors. That's such a random one for her to latch onto, but that's so cool. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's there's nothing wrong with the game at all. It's not like technically bad or anything. It's just something me personally, I don't think that Mm. that would hold my attention. But I like I know I heard Imran say one time that he like basically one hundred percented the I think this the last one uh, that one that came to Switch and like took him hundreds of hours and I'm like, I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I can't imagine doing that for hundreds of hours, but, uh, if that's yeah, if your thing, hundred percent, and I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If that's your thing, then this is probably going to be right up your alley. And if you liked breath of the wild, this is a prequel to that, um, which is really, really interesting because they've never really done a like side story game that wasn't still a traditional like Zelda, you know, format game. So, um, really interesting um that they chose to to put that bit of story into um you know kind of a uh spin-off title so um be interesting to hear what what other people think about that when they get their hands on the full version and, and how it turns out but um not for me i don't think and uh but definitely definitely a good game that that a lot of people are going to enjoy i think um really the only other thing i had was persona 5 royal been trucking away at that again my goal is to try to finish it by the end of the year, but it's just looking more and more like that's not going to happen because this game is just massive. Um, it just, every time I sit down to play, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a really good chunk in. And I play and I'm like, 
I spend a couple hours and I'm like, man, all I did was run around Tokyo and talk to people all day. <laughs> like I, the <laughs> other, like I've played almost every night, uh, for like three, like in the last week, I would say probably like five out of seven nights I've, I've, uh, played at least three or four hours of persona five Royal. And for like a good string of like three or four days, I did not do any combat at all. I was literally just running around taking care of my relationships with, uh, you know, my confidants and trying to level up um, different aspects of the social game and all that stuff. And so um, this game is, it's insane. It's really fun. It, it sounds kind of boring when you talk about all that in between stuff that happens in between the actual palaces where you're, you know, doing oh, battles no, and stuff like so that. Good. But yeah, I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I do, um, especially coming off of like a game like, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, where that was like the part of the game I didn't really care for was the mm -hmm. the social aspects. Like I love the strategy of that game, I love the uh, RPG elements, but the social stuff in that game didn't really do it for me. So I was a little hesitant about it in Persona, and it's been the complete opposite for me. I f almost feel like I like that aspect of it more than I do the actual battle. Which the battle mechanics in this game are great, so that's that's saying quite a bit. Um, but yeah, um, Persona Five Royal awesome game we'll see if if and when i ever finish it i will finish it but um i'm not going to commit to finishing it by the end of the year because we still got cyberpunk we still got miles morales um there's just there's so much coming out still the rest of this year that i don't know if i'm gonna ever, ever actually finish it this year so we will see that's my goal this i'm still kind of dedicated to this being my first platinum so we'll see if that happens but um yeah that's what i've got for this week just the demo and grinding away at persona cool awesome thanks for sharing uh how about you adam uh so i haven't been playing too much um just pretty much more of the same uh more phasmophobia you know got to get in as much of that as i can because i i fear that once november hits um nobody's gonna want to play it anymore of course now when you get your computer yeah. you know you need someone to, to run some ghost hunts with you. I'm, I'm down. Um, but yeah, you know, some of the people that I've been playing, uh, playing it with so far, I, you know, think they're going to turn their, their eyes a different direction once November hits. So I've been playing that when I can. Um, I've been playing uh, some Final Fantasy 14 again. That's just kind of, you know, video game comfort food. Like sometimes you just need to go back and, and uh, play some Final Fantasy 14 and, been doing some uh some some of the uh additional content from the the previous expansions that i didn't complete before and uh having some fun with that there's some new content in the new expansion that i need to get into so uh been jumping back into that a little bit and then also as we talked about earlier in the show i did give the demo of the cloud version of control a shot on nintendo switch and so my experience was playing over Wi-Fi and then handheld. And I got to say, it was it was pretty solid. Um, so for those that, you know, maybe haven't played it yet or uh, haven't had the opportunity or, you know, that switches your main console, um, it seems like it's going to be a pretty solid way to play the game as long as you have an internet connection. You can just hop on and play. There were two two different demos I could try. One was a performance demo. One was a quality demo. And I did the quality one because I wanted to see, you know, how good 
you know, the game could play on the Switch hardware. And granted, you know, the fact that it's streaming means that it can, you know, it's it's not really using the Switch's components to run the game. It's using, you know, the server off somewhere on a server farm to do it. So all the computing power is being done elsewhere, and it it shows. It it, it seems like a very uh, capable version of the game, you know, me, definitely not to what I was playing on PC earlier in the year with, with ray tracing and DLSS and all that fun stuff, playing on, uh, you know, the highest settings and the frame rates and everything like that. I, I would say that was the most noticeable difference was the frame rate, um, you know, obviously along with ray tracing, but um, it, it looked pretty dang good uh, and it played well. I, I think I would rather, you know, you'll probably have a better experience playing it docked. I think it could even look just a little bit better. And I think playing with, say, like a pro controller would, would be good too. Uh, the shorter stick for the, uh, you know, the camera control, just mm. it, it felt a little weird. You know, maybe it's just a matter of playing with the sensitivity on it, but um, it just didn't feel great. So I think having you know, pro controller with the, the taller, larger sticks, I think would just give a, a little bit better, um, a little bit better control, which I think would uh, control um, <laughs> that would just lead to a, a better experience. So all in all, though, I have to say, like, I, I'm not going to be the person that says if you can play it on on a better quality system, do that. No, like if if you enjoy the switch best and you haven't played it or you want to experience it again and that's where you want to play it, definitely do it. Um, it's such a good game. I, I liked it more than I thought I would, uh, way more than I thought I would actually. Um, I kind of just played it because I wanted to, I, I wanted a tech demo of ray tracing when I built my PC, you know, and then I ended up just absolutely loving that game. So yes, you could, you could play it and, you know, get a higher fidelity experience on another console or on PC or something, but if you enjoy the Switch and that's where you want to play it, then then play it on Switch. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to give it a, a try myself just to... Like it's, it's been a while since I played it. I honestly... Like, I couldn't even remember off the top of my head, like, how that game starts. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to check it out again. I don't know if I'll end up... Like, it's... I still have a hard time, like, rationalizing purchasing a piece of software that you don't even, like own the yeah I, I guess it's still just kind of owning the license right but it just I, I just i think i just have a hard time doing it right now with the state of streaming um games mm-hmm. if it was more optimized um because it's really even when you're buying a game digitally all you're doing is buying the the license to have that game and play right. it and access it so it's not really that different but uh you know, if they can just meet yeah. meet everything, and when you're putting them side by side, there's no real noticeable difference between just a digital game and, and streaming one. Then once we're at that point, yeah, I will have no problem like doing it that way if it mm-hmm. means playing it on a portable console or whatever. So, yeah, and and so the game is if you're gonna if you're gonna pay for that license, it's uh, it's forty dollars. So it it does feel a little steep for a game that's been out for a little while. Although I think it. Is it like a complete edition with like the expansion? I believe so, yeah. That new ultimate edition that comes with the DLC that they're they're pushing for next gen and stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean that is a plus there. You're getting yeah. all the content with it, but yeah, just 
you know, to let everybody know, like, you're not going in, you're not paying like 15 or 20 bucks for the game. It's, it's $40. So, I mean, if you can stomach that and you're okay with it, but yeah, knowing that it has all the content in it, like that's, that definitely, you know, I think justifies that mm -hmm. price a little bit more and, and not just, you know, paying the switch tax. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of want to get in. I do want to try it in, uh, in docked mode and with a pro controller just to kind of get a feel for it on there. But, um, you know, I, I'm very interested to see what other games they'll try this with. And, you know, kind of going back to your point though, Luke, is that, yeah, you're, you don't really own the game when you do this and, and it's all dependent on how long they keep those servers running. Exactly, right. Yeah. So right. how many years down the road before they say like, okay, we're just not, we're not, we we're taking this game off the server and, and, mm -hmm. you know, and then what happens you, you don't have the game and you don't have you know, the money that you paid for it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, is that when I went to start, there was a queue uh, to get in. So uh, it looks like there, there is queue, like only so much space for people on these servers. I don't know if they'll increase capacity at any point, but uh, it did take a couple minutes before I could actually get in and play the game. Once I chose uh, the version of the demo that I wanted to play. So that's something to, to kind of keep in mind as well. Hmm. Um, you know, especially if, if more people start jumping on, like what are these queue times going to look like? But, you know, again, maybe they'll maybe they'll increase server capacities to make it a little bit easier. But that was just something that uh, I I noticed last night when I gave it a try. But again, it was the first day for it. So I right. imagine traffic was, you know, higher than, yeah. than it will be going sure. forward. They probably uh, will prioritize, like if you have the pass that you would probably get in that's true. faster than someone with the demo i would imagine like, yeah but that's a good point it could just be still. that the queue was for the demo yeah that too yeah yeah um the other thing i didn't start playing it yet but i do have as again as we mentioned before i have um no more heroes downloaded on my switch and then i also uh luke you'll be interested to hear this i have downloaded layers of fear on nice. my switch it was on sale on the eShop for like three bucks and uh, I watched just a little bit of it. Uh, so kind of uh, one of the guys I've been playing Phasmophobia with, and I think a, a, a new uh, listener to our show, Nishan, um, he was he was playing it last night on his stream. And it kind of gave me that sort of like, you know, maybe if Phasmophobia was like a single player game, like this might be pretty close. Cause I, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of looking for something like that right now. Like I don't want a, uh, you know, a, a horror game that's mostly like combat focused or anything. Like I just want those, the real, just kind of slow, steady, like spooky atmosphere yeah. to it. Right. Like, mm. um, you know, a little bit of danger, but nothing where like you're fighting for your life and you're doing all sorts of resource management. Like it, I, I like the, the sort of puzzle game feeling that, that phasmophobia has. So mm -hmm. I want something a little bit more like that, where it's a little bit more of a puzzle, but you know, still scary. So I saw him playing that and, and he said it, it was, it was scaring the hell out of him. <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, like three bucks, I can totally stomach that. So uh, I I, I want to give uh, that a shot, so I downloaded it. Yeah, I nice. played that one uh, sometime shortly after launch. It was a game that I think came out on PC probably beforehand, and I had watched some YouTube videos and some streams of it. And yeah, my like my favorite genre is those types of horror games. It's like 
the walking sim mixed with uh, the horror genre and you know you could debate that's not really a, a game but yeah some of them have puzzles and riddles you have to solve and they're more about telling a story and, and just providing a really cool experience as opposed to you know combat where you're killing enemies chasing after you whatever so yeah they, and i honestly find these games more suspenseful and a little creepier and scarier because when you're taking on an enemy combat wise even in like horror games um it can be you you just get distracted from the horror and you're focusing on what you're doing in the the combat and everything that's coming at you so yeah layers of fear is one i i definitely recommend um and that's a solid price um three bucks like yeah yeah, it's definitely worth it at that so i think i have that game on xbox from like games with gold or something like that so i might have to check it out i think it was on games with gold or in the i think it the second one i think i had the second one on one of the consoles so i don't know if that was a ps plus thing or something like that but um yeah really really good games and they're really like well done they visually they're quite impressive and you're in this old house um and just it's freaky (laughs) like just walking around (laughs) it and hearing the your own footsteps or like you know hearing turning around and seeing a door that was closed and now it's open like just little moments like that you know in a movie they're done in a second but in a game like they're just so much more terrifying because you're kind of like forced to to proceed through with things and stuff so well, if you're ever, ever, if anyone's ever looking for more horror game recommendations, I definitely <laughs> got them. So, um, great. Well, I've only played a couple things the last couple of weeks because I was sick too last week. So I've been, I've been actually binging The Office for like my third or fourth time watching that series through. <laughs> it's always a good time, but it's leaving Netflix Canada. I think either at the end of this year or sometime next year some something to do with licensing and so i just want to watch all of it again and it's yeah it's been great so i haven't been playing a lot but what i have been playing is uh amnesia rebirth which is the third amnesia game in the franchise and man i totally forgot this game was coming out because it got announced i think earlier this year and i was like oh my gosh a new amnesia game um because it's been a minute since we've seen games in this series. Uh, Amnesia The Dark Descent came out a while ago, and uh, that game really went viral with uh, Let's Play series. I feel like that's where people like Markiplier got their career in Let's Plays, uh, playing Amnesia, PewDiePie. Like That was back in the heyday of when Let's Plays were really starting to, to become more popularized on the internet. And uh, it wasn't until I... Because it was on PC... And I just had an Xbox. So once I got my PS4 and it was on, I got the collection of the two games and easily Amnesia is some of the best horror games out there. Um, I'm talking about games that create suspense and all you're doing is walking around. Like they nail it um, with, with their games. I personally like The Dark Descent a little bit more than A Machine for Pigs because um, that was from a different developer, but published by the the same company who published and developed the first game but yeah i just like i didn't think we'd ever get an amnesia game and then it got announced and then i forgot all about it and saw all these like review (laughs) embargoes popping and i was like oh my gosh (laughs) and then i got onto the ps4 pre-ordered it was ready to go and i haven't been actually able to play it for the last several days um 
I played it on launch and then a couple of days after that. So I'm still very early on and I don't actually have, have a lot to say about it because I'm still kind of making my way through the game. But right off the bat, very different tone and setting than the previous games. Um, you're a, a female protagonist, so that's a big departure um, and adds a different feel to the game because... Um, the this isn't really a, well i don't know is this i'm just gonna save it just to be safe but um her being a female like it ties into the game um in a way so that's why i'm mentioning it but um it yeah it's hard to talk about it without uh saying some some <laughs> I, I know that, the hook yeah and i understand why you're <laughs> yeah so there's there's aspect uh, of that um the environments are very different um the game uh at least starts off in Africa and um, it is like, you know, obviously a very different environment. Um, one of the first little areas you get to explore is outside in the desert and the, the sun is beating down on you. And um, yeah, that's like a completely different environment from the other games that are very dark and dreary and in these tight corridors of these, um, buildings and stuff and so yeah it, just the overall atmosphere of the game is very different but um yeah it, the game just does a really good job at creating tension in the right moments um what the hook is for the amnesia games is w you need to be in a in an area with light because when you spend time in the darkness your sanity meter or whatever kind of goes down and the longer you spend like you'll eventually go insane and um you know get killed or whatever um so that's kind of the hook and so you're constantly there's some resource management of uh lantern fuel um the game starts off by just giving you matches and you can't really walk with the matches you can light candles and torches with them but as soon as you start walking you know the wind blows the match out and so it, and it's not like you're given a whole bunch of matches like i was an idiot and one time accidentally trying to figure out how to do something with the controller lit my last match and i was like great now i have to <laughs> go through these tight caves in complete darkness with my character like breathing and her vision's getting foggier and it's like, oh my God, it's getting even more tense. And you start, they like amp up the noises that she's hearing and she starts having these like auditory hallucinations. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's creepy and I can't wait to play more of it. Um, there is some kind of supernatural elements to it um, tied into the game story and stuff. And yeah, overall it, it got pretty good reviews. So if you're looking for something to play, for, for the, the weekend uh, on Halloween. That's a great choice. Layers of Fear, definitely a great choice. A little bit cheaper there. Um, but I think it's fairly moderate in price. Like, I think it's 35 Canadian, which means it would be like 25. I don't know. Whatever. It's like 20 plus uh, for, for most of our listeners here. So, yeah, definitely recommend it. And then lastly, I've been playing a lot of Warzone again. Uh, the new season launched a little while ago, and uh, Garrett, you and I have squatted up in the past, um, mm -hmm. and we've I've been trying to make a habit of uh, making the time because we've been I've been talking to you of like, hey, we should squat up again because uh, there's this new limited time mode with this whole Halloween event, um, mm -hmm. which is Zombie Royale, and it is just so much fun. Like I'm having such a blast with this mode 
totally changes the game up um, and how you kind of strategize your approach um, compared to just a typical match of war zone. So basically it's, you know, obviously zombies, big thing theme with call of duty franchise, but game starts as normal. The map is completely in the dark. Um, so you have to rely on a lot of thermal optics to see enemies mm. and stuff like that. So I had to change out my loadouts to different attachments to kind of do that. And all the guns you find, they have a scope on it. It is a thermal scope. So, oh, um, nice. yeah, it, that, that is helpful, but it totally, you know, it, it's harder to see enemies. People blend in a lot easier and basically everyone it's, uh, you know, trios. So everyone's in squads of three, they drop in. And the map already to start off with is already kind of condensed and smaller. The, the first ring, it's basically like, instead of having all the map to choose, it's basically mm -hmm. like that first, after that first, you know, gas comes in, that's kind of the map gotcha. size you're playing with. And it basically, once you die, you turn into a zombie. So you don't go to the gulag, you basically drop from the sky as a zombie you don't parachute you literally the zombie just like smashes into the ground it like kind of like makes a weird noise and gets up and you have uh, a couple different um abilities you have a emp grenade that obviously um takes away the hud and red dot and everything for your enemies um you have a gas grenade and um then you just have this jump I guess that basically launches you into the air like hundreds of feet and <laughs> allows you to kind of traverse the map really quickly. And so you also have UAV that shows all the enemy locations, the rest of the, the squads that are out there still in the war zone. And yeah, so basically you have to kill or you have to get these like, they're like purple glow sticks almost that are dropped by regular players that are killed right so whether they were killed by a zombie or by another player when you die as a human you drop this purple glow stick and so as a zombie you can get those glow sticks by obviously going up to an enemy um you know spamming the right trigger to melee attack them until they are killed and then you pick up one of their purple sticks but you can also you know, just search for purple sticks that have been dropped by enemies and not claimed by other zombies. And once you get mm -hmm. two of them, you get redeployed and you drop in with all your gear that you already had. So you don't even have oh, to start wow. in fresh of looting new guns and stuff like whatever guns and attachments and equipment I had before I got killed by a zombie, I'll have again in my second go around. So interesting. Yeah, it's like... I per like if you are a zombie, it's really difficult to kill enemies out in the open because they'll probably spot you as you're approaching because you can kind of sure. hear them, and you know it's easy to get gunned down because you have to melee attack. You have to get close, so that's why you generally stick to finding enemies in tight buildings and corners um, and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it just totally changes the strategy, and I've been able to basically make it almost. I won't say every game, but 75% of the games I will, uh, I haven't won as a human, but I've seen the game end as a zombie. Mm. So, cause yeah, there's been matches where I've redeployed like three or four times. Um, and yeah, cause if you can time it right and you, 
get lucky and you drop and there's like a couple glow sticks nearby, you can quickly get back into the match. And there's a lot of strategizing too. If, you know, you and I, Garrett, were playing and I got killed, I'm a zombie and I can kind of protect you in one way while you're still roaming around with your gun and stuff. So you can kind of use that as a strategy. So yeah, ultimately it's a really cool mode and I like the revive system and I really would love for this to just kind of be a staple some sort of way. Um, so I, I recommend like get on it and play it because I think it's only available until Halloween. Um, and there's lots of other events going on in Warzone. Um, there's like, you can get Jigsaw or Texas or Leatherface from I Texas Chainsaw that. Massacre. Um, I want the Jigsaw one so bad, yeah, but it, I don't think I'm going to do it. It's, it's honestly, the first time I saw it, I walked around a building and there's like another enemy, <laughs> like full size Jigsaw puppet. And I like scared the crap out of me. And they also had this thing where uh, there's kind of like these entities, like purplish ghosts that are kind of floating. The farm area is like splattered in blood, like like it's Texas, mm. Chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacre up in there. And like they've changed some of the locations to be more horror. And um, even when you open some of the loot box, they, they're these bastards. They threw in these like jump scare that like this oh, ghost gosh. that like screams at you. And it doesn't happen all the time, but the first time it happened, I like audibly screamed and scared the <laughs> shit out of me. So that's so good. Yeah, it's it's a blast to play. So um, yeah, hopefully, if you guys want to get in some matches in the next couple of days, yeah. hopefully we can do that. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to at least get in a few matches before mm-hmm. that's over because that sounds awesome. Really fun for sure. I like how hopefully they'll bring it. Go ahead. I was gonna say hopefully they'll bring it back as like a promotion for like the zombies mode in cold war or something totally yeah whatever the new one's called and honestly even if it's not zombies if they just had some sort of redeploy system like this like they had the gulag which is good but it's it's very specific right like you get a 1v1 match and you ended up getting a shotgun and you suck with shotguns you're kind of out of luck right so Yeah. yeah so I guess time will tell if they bring it back or even if they brought it back every once in a while, that would be cool. But uh, mm-hmm. I just like how, I mean, we've seen it with Fortnite, Warzone, PUBG, Apex Legends, like these Battle Royale games, they, they're they doing a good job at keeping this game mode, you know, fresh and new by adding new systems mm-hmm. in there that kind of change out the strategy and gameplay that, you know, people have gotten used to. So, yeah. All right. Well, that concludes the games we've been playing. Uh, Let's end off the show with question of the week. So last week I asked you guys, uh, what games are you planning on playing launch day for next gen consoles? So give me a second here to pull up the old Twitter page and I'll read out some of the responses you guys gave. While you're doing that, I did want to mention, um, I think it's tomorrow as of, so when this podcast comes out, uh, apex season seven I believe they're having some sort of big blowout of information oh uh tomorrow about that so i know there's a new character coming and i've seen a lot of people getting hyped for that so might be something we need to keep our eye on there yeah i it's been interesting I, i've really enjoyed Warzone. i loved apex but um it feels so different now going back after playing Warzone because mm-hmm. it's just a different speed and feel yeah. to the game right they're very different games. yeah all right, uh, so question of the week. We got a response from uh, Brian Peckin who says, 
NHL 22 with uh, sunglasses emoji face and crying laughing emoji face. Because the joke <laughs> is Brian just kind of basically only plays NHL and Nintendo games. So and Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon and NHL are his two like his pillars. Um, Luke Lewis says. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Demon Souls, and King Steven, Lordly King S. Dot, <laughs> um, <laughs> says easy choice. Final Fantasy 16 for the PS5. When it releases, that's when I get the console. So Steven holding off nice. for for that franchise. I will say there was a uh, a No Man's Sky update that's coming out. They True, they yeah. basically announced mm-hmm. their uh, what they're gonna do for the PS5 update of the game and uh he was he was streaming at the time and he was watching it and he's like this might be the thing that gets me to 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 get a ps5 you know earlier than what i was expecting so we'll see i mean he he can also you know obviously play it on pc too but Mm -hmm. uh definitely got his gears turning for (laughs) ps5 yeah nice uh and then we have knee sean knee Nee scene. <laughs> no, I think it's Nee Sean. Nee Sean, yeah. Who I've noticed interacting with uh, you and Steven there, and you said you guys played some. So, sorry, do you. Is this someone you know? or? So, no, I actually met him through Steven. Uh, Steven and I, we were playing Phasmophobia, and he's like, hey, I have, you know, uh, someone I want to bring in and, and play with us. And I'm like, okay, sounds cool. You know, bring him on in and. Uh, so he did that, and and uh, Nishan, he's been playing a lot of uh, horror games this month, or like spooky type, not necessarily horror. Like he was playing uh, Luigi's Mansion Three, and uh, you know uh, the Ghostbusters remaster that they released, and uh, also recently Layers of Fear, and a bunch of other stuff he's he's been playing. And uh, you know, funny dude. Um, he he actually he just hit affiliate. He's been. Uh, crushing it on his stream lately but yeah him and i because you know for whatever reason it seems like pulling teeth to try and get steven to play phasmophobia with me anymore (laughs) so but yeah he's been he's been playing with me a lot we've we kind of several times now we've been playing duos in that game like just the two of us going out and ghost hunting and um so yeah so we've been playing that a bunch and yeah it's been fun Cool. Well, that's great. Yeah, I saw him actor in interacting with our, our tweets recently. So shout out to you, Sean, for uh, giving us some support. And if you're listening, we appreciate it. Um, he says, though, for his response to question of the week is, since it won't be a day one pickup, I can wait for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League or Gotham Knights, which I've we reacted to those uh, <laughs> games on our episode 100, but uh, yeah, I, for whatever reason, I totally forgot about those games. Uh, right, probably coming. Well, Gotham Knights coming next year. We still have yet to see when Suicide Squad's going to release, but um, cool. So yeah, thank you so much, Brian, Luke, Stephen, and Sean for those answers. I'm just going to verify we almost never get responses on Twitter, so I'm just checking that or Facebook. I mean. Oh, I did get a response from my friend Coleman, and he actually sent me a message on Instagram. So sorry, should have had this ready, but completely slipped my mind. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and share mine while we're waiting. Sure, go for um, it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, 
for PS5, I'm just going to be getting Miles Morales. Um, had considered Demon Souls. I think that's going to be one I kind of wait on and make maybe my Christmas game, that kind of thing. So uh, just just Miles Morales and then obviously uh, Astro's Playroom. Uh, seen a little bit of coverage on that this week, and it actually looks really fun. So probably probably play through that as well. And then I still don't have a Series X pre-order in place, so I don't know if I'm getting one anytime soon, but... Whenever I get that, the, the quote-unquote launch game will be Cyberpunk, essentially. So um, so let's say, just food for thought here, let's say you're not able to secure uh, Series X by the time Cyberpunk comes out. Will you mm-hmm. wait to get Cyberpunk, or will you play that on PS5? I will probably just get it on Xbox One and oh, okay. start it there, and then... Move over to, move to, to 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 Series X. That's, yeah, that makes sense. That's why I really want to get it. Uh, get the the Series X before it comes out, so that I can just start it there and not have to worry about yeah. it. But um, yeah, I just figure with you know my library on on Xbox is so big that I kind of just prefer to to keep every third party that I can over there and and just use the PS5 for exclusives. And you know, obviously, if I get free games with PS Plus and that kind of stuff, I'll play them on PS5. But um, anything I'm going to pay for, I typically will will just pick up on Xbox. But you, you never know. If if we get to the point where I'm like, oh, I just want to play it, and it doesn't look very good on One X, and who knows? We we may speaking have a of which, uh, Bug Snacks will probably be on on the list of a lot of oh, people's that's right. uh, launch day games since that's going to be part of PS Plus for November. That's right. So I should have mentioned that as well. My son was talking. We were watching something random. I don't even know what. And he's like, "Dad, is this Bug Snacks?" And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> where did that come from?" I was like, "Everybody's no, it's talking not, but about Bug Snacks." He, seriously, <laughs> I was like, "Are you interested in Bug Snacks?" He's like, "Yeah, I want to play that." I'm like, "Okay, well, good news. It's going to be free, so we're getting it." <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I can't find it. So sorry, Coleman. I would have sworn that you sent me something on one of these social media platforms with a (laughs) response. So apologies. Um, I believe you said Spider-Man was definitely one of your, your launch games there. So, uh, and I know you had pre-ordered cyberpunk, so I'm sure you'll be playing that, uh, I guess now in December. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for those responses. Uh, Garrett, you answered, sorry, Adam, uh, what games were you going to pick up? Uh, so definitely Miles Morales, uh, easy choice there. Um, I, I'm sort of on the fence of where I'm going to play Godfall, whether that's going to be on PS5 or if that's going to be on, on PC, mm. kind of lean in PC. Uh, also the possibility I might pick up Sackboy, um, just from, from watching the, the UI thing that they had, I that actually is what got me intrigued in Sackboy. Like before I was like, yeah, I'm probably not gonna, but, uh, after seeing that in action a little bit in that demo that they showed, uh, yeah, I might consider it. I don't know that it'll be day one, but you know, we'll see. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely obviously be getting miles Morales. Um, I only getting the PS five in terms of consoles, not that Xbox has too many launch games. Um, in comparison but uh i thought about demon souls for a long time and then i was like uh, i don't know if i can justify getting into a series that i typically am not very good at and get frustrated with very easily so uh and i i honestly want to give bloodborne another shot and it's on oh, that yeah. uh the ps plus collection right, right. um so 
I just figure, well, why buy Demon Souls when there's still Bloodborne that I want to play? So, you know, and I can get that for with as part of my subscription there. So that's a, a win-win. And uh, yeah, I was saving room for Cyberpunk that next week. But honestly, I think I'm going to pick up Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I I liked Odyssey. I only put about 25 hours into it. But Megan, on the other hand, has 100% of that game. Um, That's wow. crazy. Yeah, she's done every single thing. Yeah, uh, besides DLC, that is. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, what is she even asking for if, if she should get the DLC? Of <laughs> yeah. course she should. I know, right? Well, I, <laughs> crazy. I, 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 she's on the fence because she's like, if I, I know I'm going to be playing Valhalla. So if I get into these DLCs, then... I'm like, well, we can always go back to the DLCs if yeah. you want to later or whatever. So, um, so yeah, we'll probably pick that game up because um, it, it launches uh, on current gen, I think, November 10th or something like that. And uh, then it will launch on the next gen versions uh, when the consoles release. So I think that would be a, a good good bit there but uh you know obviously i'm trying to save money towards pc i need to be conscious of that and also remember that uh, i'll have this pc built but i also will then need games to play on it so i'm setting aside some some money for some games that i want to to pick up to start off i'll probably just play um you know some of those games i uh, like I said, I already have Steam keys for uh, Game Pass games. I'm definitely jumping into Age of Empires um, once I get that PC. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to to balance those two things as we go into. Yeah, it's I don't. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy time. I I decided it myself, but uh, you know, PS uh, buying a no new console and a PC that's a lot at one time. So I'm <laughs> trying to not also overwhelm myself with getting too many games and like not having the time to to play them all. So, so, so one game that we, didn't come up in any of that was uh, Call of Duty. Either of you yeah. guys getting that? I know I won't be. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Call of Duty guy that's, anymore, but I know you guys, uh, you know, play. That's another one that I have thought about and. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I'm so torn because I never play any of like the actual multiplayer stuff anymore on yeah. those, like the death match and stuff like that. It's just, it's too much. It's too fast for me. Way I can't keep fast, up with God. it, but, uh, yeah, but you know, then again, there might be some cool stuff that you get for Warzone by playing. And so like, I'd really just be in it for the campaign and any kind of Warzone mm-hmm. bonuses that you would get out of it. So I, I don't know. That's, that's another one that's like, is it going to be on sale in like two months for 40 bucks? Cause yeah. it probably will be. And I probably just get it then. Um, so I don't know if it comes out and it's like, this is the best call of duty ever. Nine out of 10 or, you know, like 9.5 out of 10 or whatever, you know, like some, a revitalization of the series, then mm-hmm. maybe I'll pick it up instantly, but I don't really project that that's going to happen. Yeah. The, the game setting, um, you know, cold war is mm-hmm. definitely interesting and I would like to see what that story how it unfolds it's very it's very interesting i've always liked i thought that the black ops series does a pretty good job at their story now uh, i really like the first one two and three um i i mean that's where the games kind of had got a little too futuristic for me so i think i prefer call of duty games that are period pieces set in specific times i really liked world war Two, um world at war obviously and the modern warfare games before they became more futuristic. And yep. um, I really actually liked the campaign for modern warfare that came out last year. 
and it was great, but I only played it because it came with my PS4 Pro. Um, mm. Otherwise, I probably would have waited until it was on sale. So I don't see myself dishing out 80 bucks for uh, the new Call of Duty game, especially when I'm spending my time on Warzone. But, you know, once a sell hits, if it's half price or, you know, there's a Boxing Day sale or whatever, then maybe I pick it up then. Usually that's my go-to is even when I was younger, my Christmas game was like a call, whatever the call of duty was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for the last like several boxing days, I, I know some Americans insert in it, but boxing day is the day after Christmas, basically mm-hmm. it's like our black Friday and I'll go out and that's usually when I buy a buttload of games. And so usually call of duty is in the bunch. So maybe then, but we'll see. All right, so we've been talking a lot about PCs this episode. So for the this week's question that I wanted to ask you guys is kind of what, Adam, you had talked about earlier of talking about console versus PC. And so are you more or do you play games primarily on PC or consoles? Um, and if you have, I guess I wanted to kind of give some more than just like a one word answer and give some explanation as to why, you know, if you do have, own both if you have a a pc that's capable of playing games and you also have a console but you play on your console more why is that so i'll word it better in the tweet that goes out in a couple (laughs) days but yeah we just want to know you know where are you at with your gaming i know a lot of you are on console but it'd be interesting to see if we have uh you know more pc listeners than uh, we think so that's what this week's question is you can respond posted over again if i remember to post it on our twitter at games are fun pod on our facebook page and then also on our discord server which it's a good time to plug discord server we have a a group of people um on there that are talking games we also have some general discussion uh you guys talk about fantasy football we have a food channel movie channel tv so if you're just looking for a small group of people to talk with um it's primarily us honestly that is talking on those channels mostly um but you know we do have some other people that chime in here and there and it's a Mm -hmm. great way to kind of kind of start building a community um we we know you guys listen to the show so you know, take that extra step to come over to our discord and start conversing. Cause I think that's the best way that we can kind of engage with you guys and, and get to know you guys. Cause you get to know us. We want to know you. So uh link for that is in this show's description. It's invite.gg slash games are fun. All right. That has been this episode of games are fun. Uh, a little longer than, uh, I had expected, but you know, we missed that episode last week. So it was a good catch up for everyone. So Adam Garrett, thank you so much for joining Adam. Where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Adam Palooza 85. Great. How about you, Garrett? You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at LP Panther, but you're not going to find anything on my Twitch because <laughs> I haven't streamed in a long time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm and on twitch.tv slash Luke the Llama. And I, I, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to once I get that PC is just having the capability of streaming from a PC and not relying on my MacBook that doesn't do a really good job. Um, so that has been like a literal dream of mine for so many years and a big reason why I've wanted a PC. So I'm really hoping that I can make the time to stream more um, and. Uh, also follow our twitch.tv slash games are fun 
podcast. Um, I'm also going to probably stream a little bit over there so we can start building an audience on that channel and work towards doing what we did with episode 100 of live streaming our podcasts or special review episodes and stuff like that. So you can look forward to to that actually getting into more motion. I know we've talked about that for, for several months. So, all right, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at games are fun pod, facebook.com slash games are fun podcast. And like I said, discord invite.gg slash games are fun. And you can also reach us at the email contact at games are fun podcast.com. All right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Garrett. And uh, thank you to you listening. We will talk to you guys next week.